Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today, well, I brought Michael, the producer, back. And today, we're going to go a little bit random. I have some things that I want to talk to you about. Uh, There's a few subjects, and... I decided to drag Michael back on as a sounding board. So, Mike, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be here. I know that I have spoken in depth about many things in my life, but I'm going to lay out a series of questions and then we'll kind of tackle them. What happens when you fall into an area of sin, an area of sin that you've dealt with before, and now you find yourself back there again and you're struggling to claw your way out? I think that every Christian struggles with this from, from, from time to time. When God takes sin out of your life, he will, he will take it out of your life for a period, and then he will test you. But is it really him that's doing the testing, or is, it the, or is that little punk we know of as the enemy? Well, I think it's a little bit of both, actually. God does not torment us. God does not persecute us. But God does allow things to happen in our life to see where we are at and whether or not we will we will do the right thing. Well, that being the case, I will be honest with you guys. Mike and I have talked in depth on uh, gaming addiction. And I've actually, through some more research, I know a lot more about that than I did when we first did that episode. And I will admit that I fell back into it. I am not proud of it. I don't like it, but I fell back in. And I wanted... You know, I I originally started this podcast because I was going to do one, go one direction. And the Lord kind of said, no, you're going to go this direction. All right. Before we go on to the next question, I think I'm going to kind of give you guys the steps that I have taken in light of that, because maybe that can help someone. I'm not talking about some pie in the sky. Yeah, I believe in God, but I'm still struggling down here kind of thing. I'm talking about things that you can actually put into place that are actually useful that makes this thing actually worthwhile and make this actually work because the fact is if the christian faith isn't provable and it isn't actually useful to you if you can't actually walk it out tangibly day to day then what's the point so the things that i have done up to this point and have i done them perfectly no but i immediately approached my pastor and my accountability people when the holy spirit brought it to my attention And don't get me wrong, I knew it was wrong. I knew that what I was doing was wrong, but I wanted it so badly. I needed it so badly. Or at least I told myself that I did, right? And how many times have we told ourselves that, huh? We, we, there's a, there's a addiction. There's a, there's something that we want and we're like, man, I need this. I need to, I need to check out. I need to escape, right? We tell ourselves that and we don't really need it, but we so desperately crave it because it'll ease whatever's going on around us. Oh, it's like a drug. It really is. In fact, one of the things about online gaming that most people don't know is that the game is designed to release dopamine into your system. It's about as addictive as heroin, apparently. And this is just stuff that we've learned recently. When I realized, I'm like, no wonder this thing is hard to break. No wonder. And worse, it's designed that way. They did, you know, when I was. Uh, heavily involved in learning how to market. Just to kind of give you guys a heads up, maybe this will help explain it, okay? 
one of the things that they taught us when they taught us when, when we learned uh, on one hand how to build sites, one of the things they taught us was gamify your sites. Why? Because it'll draw people back. It'll get them addicted. Let me kind of explain how this works just so people can understand. Any RP, uh, role-playing game, uh, MMO, RPG, whatever you want to call it, has goals. And they'll have a list of quests for you to do. And you get a reward for finishing those quests. And one thing builds on another, which builds on another, which builds on another, which builds on another, which builds on another. And before, before you know it, you've spent hours. And oh, by the way, it's not just the quest. It's also the interaction with the people. It's also the, well, you can be anything you want. You can be a marshal. You could be anything you darn well please, as long as you don't have to face your own reality. But the funny thing is, so many people, when they go into the game, especially in an interactive game like uh, the one that you played, Therese, they exhibit the same hang-ups and the same issues that they do in real life. They tend to drag their real life into the game. Oh, I can so attest to that. Not only personally, but I saw it with my gaming friends. I could so attest to that. That is that is so true. I could think of multiple people that I'm that I am still in contact with. Although I have, although since um, the Lord has gotten my attention on this issue, I have since not spoken to any any of them because I don't want that temptation. Okay, uh, which kind of brings me back to the second thing that I have done. I told you that I spoke to my pastor. I also spoke to my accountability people. The Bible says that. Um, and don't quote me. I don't know where exactly. I think it's like in one of the Johns somewhere. But it says, confess your sins one to another. Well, not exactly the most easy thing to do, but but I did. Why? Because I want to get free of it. Number three, I have done my best to make a clean break. Are there still some games that I, I could access if I wanted to? Yes. I, I, I'm not fully out of that yet. And God's working on me. As of this recording, I have not touched the role-playing game that I was playing in two weeks. Tomorrow, it'll be two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. And from you got to understand, that's huge, because believe you me, there have been times when I have desperately wanted to play. And I have made the decision to support her in this by doing the same thing. And, and I'm not looking for an attaboy. I just I want to support her in this. I haven't totally cut off all gaming. I still... We'll play a game once in a while on my on my iPad or on my iPhone, but I'm not playing any RPGs. I'm not playing any first-person shooters or anything like that, but I've made this decision to support her, and it's been interesting because there's times I find that I'm having a hard time figuring out what to do with my time. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. That's exactly it right there because you spent – I mean, you're so used to – Okay, I'm just going to go hunt for a little bit and kill things. And okay, and you can't, even though you really, 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 really did. I mentioned really want to. So, what am I supposed to do with this amount of time? What that is reflective of, if you think of it, is that all this time that you wasted over mm-hmm. time on these games. Please understand, we're not being judgmental on you about your gaming. If you like playing games, that's fantastic. We're not we're not judging you for that. But if that becomes anything that you do more than your relationship with God becomes God to you. That's what the Bible says. It becomes an idol to you. So if you want to take the next step 
to get your relationship closer to God, it might be something to consider dropping. If you find yourself spending hours and hours and hours and hours and hours playing it, you might want to consider dropping it. And it's not easy to do. I can tell you that right now because you're sitting there going, but man, I, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> I had built a rogue and I was starting to get him or her pretty riled up and I was involved in certain organizations and I was enjoying and I'm like, yeah, things are good. I had friends that uh, if I got in trouble, they'd come and bail me out. You see what I'm saying, guys? This is, that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest draw of the gaming is a place where you can be whatever you want to be, but then you also have online people that you can talk to. I want to talk about the definition of repentance. The definition of repentance is to turn 180 degrees away from whatever it is that causes you to sin. And if you are truly in a situation, and it doesn't have to be gaming, it could be anything. It could be pornography. It could be uh, overeating. It could be whatever, okay? In order for you to change, if you have an addiction on your life, one, of the, one, one thing, that's not God's will for you. God has no desire for you to be addicted to anything. And I'm learning that a lot of things that we do in life are not even God-centered, but they're more bondages. I'm learning that God wants us free, but man, the process of cutting loose or some of this stuff is pretty bloody. Yeah, and the longer that you're at it, the harder it gets. I did role-playing for initially for a couple of years, as I recall. I mean, I'd played other games, but actual MMOs, and I mean, I played Lord of the Rings Online, I played EverQuest 2, and I played Diablo. Those are the three games that I played. And what I found myself doing is I would play those games for 10, 12 hours a day, especially on my day off from work. That's all I would do is play games. And it wasn't until Teresa and I got married and I saw the effect of those games on our relationship and on our on Teresa's sleep that I repented from it, and I said I wouldn't do that again. I want to actually tie in another aspect to this because it may be something that maybe someone doesn't realize. There is a uh, – uh, now, again, I am not an expert in spiritual warfare. I'm really not. There have been interviews that I have done uh, on spiritual warfare, and I will list that as a caveat, okay? And we will list the sh- in the show notes the episode that we did on spiritual warfare and the contact information for the – for the for the expert that we had on to deal with that. However, I know this, and, I, and I'm learning this from personal personal experience. When you're dealing with trying to get out from underneath something like this, oh, does the enemy not like that? He will throw every single twisted thing he possibly can at you to try and get you to cave. And I'm not going to say that that's not been a battle. Okay. At the same time. You know, when you're actually starting to try and sit down and go, no, I need to start dealing with some things in my life that I've been not dealing with because of the gaming or because of whatever, whatever bondage you want to list, whatever addiction you want to list, all of a sudden, whatever those things are in your life becomes 10 times harder. What do you do when you start dealing with flashbacks from stuff in your own past, stuff that is left unsettled, stuff that you left unsettled, whether it was done to you or whether you did it, whatever. It doesn't matter. When you start deciding, no, I'm going to go after this stuff and I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to get stuff squared away with God, 
because you were I am no longer hung up by these games. I am no longer hung up by these addictions. Huh, yeah, the enemy does not like that. He'll do everything in his power to get you to go back to it. Oh, you'll feel so much better if you just game for a little while. Case in point. Okay, Mike had to travel. Um, in fact, he's had to do a lot of traveling of late. I was alone for a few hours. No one around. And one of the thoughts that the enemy started putting in my head, you could game. No one's here. No one will see. Well, how did I handle that one? I cast it down. The Bible says to cast down every uh, thought that elevates itself above God. Okay. In that case, I said, ah, no, no, I'm not doing that. And in Jesus name, Lord rebuke you, the blood of the lamb be upon you. That's what I did. Why? Because I was like, I'm not going to cave. I'm not going to screw up there. And let me ask you this, Trace. What is the effect once you make this decision, this hard decision that you made? I mean, I, I know you're still having your battles and your struggles, but what is the other effect of, of doing that and getting your relationship closer to God? From what I've been able to tell, one of my biggest outlets is writing. As If you guys go looking around on the site, you'll see that I have a few pieces of poetry and articles and that kind of thing. And I've written a couple of new ones that I just posted. Please feel free to look at those when you have a moment. I haven't written anything in a while. For me, God speaks to me most when I write. I feel like I'm able to, as I like to term it, I like to bleed on the page. Whatever's going on in my life, wherever, whatever's running around upstairs in my head, believe me, it's coming out on the page. Thank God for Holy Spirit erasers. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are useful, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But no, I, I mean, I do the same thing. As is, There are times that you just sit there and you just write and write and write and write and write. And you get all those thoughts that are running around jumbled in your head out on paper. We call it a brain dump. I call mm -hmm. it a brain dump. I just call I call it bleeding on the page because sometimes that's all you know to do. In fact, this is an activity you can do if you really are at a place where you you, you know you've got thoughts running through your head, some of them godly, some of them not godly, you know, just big jumbled mess and you just need clarity. Take and set a timer for five minutes and just write. And don't lift your pencil or pen or whatever imp writing implement you're using off the page until that timer stops and keep the pen moving. And you would be shocked as how much more clarity you would have if you do that. I've done that more times than I know what to think about because there are times when I can't think. There are times when I'm like, I am struggling and my thoughts are like mud, you know. And I will tell you guys this, this process has affected me physically at times of trying to break this because it's hard to explain. Well, I, I mean, it's anytime you do something and you take yourself out of the enemy's clutches, the Holy Spirit brings you out of it. The enemy is not going to like it because all of a sudden now, you know, a captive has been set free and he's going to do everything in his power to either drag you back into it or make you feel so miserable that you want to go back into it. But as believers, we have a secret weapon. It's called Ephesians chapter 6. It's called the whole armor of God. And the Bible says, for we wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against powers, the principalities, and the rulers of the darkness in this world. And believe you me, when you stand up and you do what you're supposed to do. And you say, I'm not going to live this way anymore. They will fight back. 
Does that mean we need to be afraid of them? No. It just means we need to be aware of it. And we're not talking about going and looking for demons or doing witch hunts. That's not what we're talking about. You don't want to do that. But if they come up as a Christian and you sense that you're dealing with an you're dealing with a demonic presence or a spiritual presence that's not a good presence, you need to stand up to them. I mean, we're learning to fight. And I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not because it, it, it involves discipline. And I want to give a shout out to Sonda Allison, who uh, has been a previous guest on the show. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, she's just really cool. And she's, you know, she's been one of the ones teaching us to fight. And you know what? It's cool. But I want to kind of take what, something you said and expand it out because I didn't, I didn't want to focus so much on the addiction or the sin or any of that. I wanted to kind of lay that as a groundwork. We are in a day and age where we are not only hooked to our screens, but then we are also fed sound bites and deception. We are in a day and age where that has become the norm of the day. And for the Christian, if you do not know how to separate truth from error, and you do not know how to, when the enemy rears his ugly head because you're being lied to, and you don't know that you're being lied to, if you do not know how to fight that, then guess what? You're not a threat. So many Christians fall into that category nowadays. Oh, yeah. And they do not know how to separate truth from error. And I am not just talking about... Theologically, although that is a massive, massive area, uh, we're—I just learned that someone in my family is getting involved in something called uh, Christo Wicca, which is essentially the combination of Wicca and Christianity. Which, by the way, cannot be combined. If someone tries to tell you otherwise, they are lying to you. But I am not saying that this, 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 this deception, this lie, this, this soundbite being fed to you doesn't just apply in the theological space. It really doesn't. And I'm going to do something to try and counteract this. I don't want to get too deep into that because we'll have to save that for for uh, the announcement now, won't we? Yep. And I can hear the audience going, what is it? What is it? You're going to have to wait. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you guys. One of the other things that I am doing to counteract this 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 lie and the, and the deceptions is getting into God's word so important because believe me it's so it's easy to lie to yourself it's easy to accept lies from the world and it's it's also easy to accept lies from the evil one and when you got those three combined oh man you if you don't have God's word to kind of help straighten you out boy are you in trouble so mike what's on your heart before we sign off the thing is God wants us to, you know, he, he wants us to prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. You know, it's kind of a three-legged stool. Now, prosper is usually related to finances, but in it's actually related to all areas, okay? How does your soul prosper? Your soul prospers by feeding to feeding that that need you know that that intellectual need if you will and your spiritual need and if you neglect that even if you're you know you're going for money and you're going for good health maybe you're eating well maybe you're you know you're exercising you're running whatever it is you're doing but you're neglecting that other side of you it's not going to work how many rich people do you know or have you heard of that have committed suicide recently? 
Very true. I've seen so many people uh, within the internet marketing space, which is a space that Mike and I operated in for years. And I saw so many of them who, hey, you need to just think good thoughts and, 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 and keep, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and, you know, this is how you make all the money. This is how you keep healthy. But they never really thought about the spiritual side and the fact that there might be a spiritual need. Or if they did, or if they did, it was all the secret and this new age garbage. Where they take the word of God and they use the word of God almost like a mantra. You know, it's a sad place to be. But the point is, and the Bible says, what will it profit a man if you gain the whole world to lose your own soul? That's a question and a half, don't you think? So, I mean, while you're working on your finances and improving your lifestyle and buying all those neato 4K plasma addiction devices. Oh, I, did I say that? Addiction devices? Yes. Anyway. And uh, <laughs> Xbox 360s and all those uh, lovely. Oh, well, I probably violated copyright there, but oh, well. While, while, while you're, you know, buying these things and you're working on your health and you're eating right, and you're doing all these things, don't neglect the most important part of the equation. And that is that relationship with God. And that relationship with God admits it, to admit that you can't do it by yourself. No matter how hard you try, you're going to fail. And believe me, I've tried I walked away from them. I, I've lived, you know, uh, when I was a teenager and up until then, I didn't want anything to do with God. Uh, when after my mom passed away and all that sort of stuff happened, again, I walked away from I didn't want anything to do with him. He wasn't part of my equation. Okay. I've tried. And let me tell you something, guys. When you walk away and you, and you put him back on his shelf, um, <sighs> Jeez, why am I th now thinking of a tourniquet song? <laughs> <laughs> I'll place my God on temporary ignore. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, guys. I don't uh, recommend doing that, just saying. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but the, the thing is, even if you have all the other things right, if you don't have the spiritual side right, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ... If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in trouble. But what if someone says, I don't really need God to be a good person. I'm an all right person, and I don't need him. The question you have to ask yourself is, if I died tomorrow, where would I be? Heaven or hell? Well, how do you know there's a hell? I, I, I ask that because a lot of people might ask that themselves. And, you know, I know for me, my answer is there has to be a hell. Otherwise, what do you do with the evil? Thank you. Yeah, and I mean, there's some evil stuff going on in this world. Mm -hmm. But so. if you want to be on the, for lack of a better term, the winning side, you need to accept Christ. And in fact, I, I dare you to hold Christ to his word, to hold God to his word. Now, what do you mean by that, Mike? What I mean is take a chance. You may not believe in God. You may not believe in Jesus. You may say that it's the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your, your entire life, but I promise you, it will change you. I did, because I remember when, uh, you know, when I first heard the gospel, I was like, oh, please don't even start that. I, I am not religious. I have no desire for God. He doesn't get, to be blunt, my honest thought, and tell me, tell me if this isn't the thought of anyone out there. 
I don't give a damn about God because he probably doesn't give a damn about me. That was my honest, raw thought. And that's the deception of the enemy. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. That's what, I mean, that's his whole goal is to take you away from God, to, to keep you from ever getting to know him as Lord and Savior and, and eventually as friend. Jesus says himself, I, I, am, I, I, you know, I no longer call you servants because the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I've called you a friend. Exactly. And that's the sad thing. And, and even the church misses this. People go to church and they think that that's their big fix of the week. It's not. Do you want to go to church? Absolutely. If you could find a great church, go to church. But don't go to church for the sake of getting your fix. Go to church for the sake of fellowshipping with other believers and developing a relationship with them. So when things went, so when the when the proverbial poop hits the fan, that they'll stand with you. That's what a church is supposed to be about. And not only that, but it's also supposed to kind of, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another, you know. It's supposed to pull you into, no, you don't want to walk in this direction because in this direction, you get hurt. You want to walk in this direction to get closer to Christ. Teresa, let me ask you this. How does someone become a follower of Christ? Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ came and lived the life that you could not live. I mean, he was absolutely perfect because he was both God and, and man, right? And he lived the life and he kept, he, he, he did everything that you couldn't do perfectly, you know, and then realize that he died on the cross. The, the, the Bible says that he was crucified for our sake. So he died on the cross for our sins. And on the third day, he rose again. The Bible says, if you believe and admit to these things, and if you admit, you know what, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot get to heaven on my own outside of the atoning work of Christ and him crucified. I, if you if you if you do that, then the Bible says that um, if you believe these things, you have eternal life. The Bible says you do that, you're going to heaven. Now, does that mean that you can send, hey, I got my get out of hell free card? No, that's only the first step, kind of the first date on the relationship, kind of, for, for lack of a better term. OK, but this step is critical. You got You got to get this squared away. You've got to, you know, if you believe in your heart that, that Jesus Christ uh, died for your sin and, and, and confess, or what is it? If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It says that in the uh, book of Romans. And that's that's it. That's that's the uh, entirety of the gospel. That's why Christ came. He came to save sinners. It's not a complicated thing, but it's not an easy thing either. And we understand that because you have to set your pride aside. You have to set all your excuses aside. But I encourage you to do just that. I promise you, if you are sincere, you come to Christ and you are sincere in what you're saying, he will change you. He will make himself real to you and you will have more peace than you ever knew existed. If you're living a life of hell, you know, whatever the situation is, you know, so much drama and craziness going on in your life. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing like Jesus to to fix the problem for you. And I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, uh, maybe uh, maybe there's a Christian or a believer out there who is is really, really, really stumbling. And I mean, they cannot seem to get a handle on their stuff. I would say if that's you do what I did. 
I immediately repented. I immediately got people around me to help me and to, to hold me up and keep me accountable. And I immediately uh, started trying to, I immediately substituted something else in place of that sin, something that would be God honoring. In my case, it was the writing. It may not be that for you. Maybe something else, but find out what, for, ask God and ask him to give you something. And I think with that, guys, I think we're going to leave it there. I agree. Teresa, it's always, uh, always fun hanging out with you on, on these, on these episodes. And I am just blown away by what God has done with this podcast. And I expect great things as we approach our, our first year of doing this. First year, unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> if you would, if you would ask me a year ago if I thought this would be going on, I'd be like, "Yeah, no, you're out of your mind. Whoever you are, go away." You know, but God seems to have things different and different ideas. So, hey guys, if this has been at all helpful, I know it's been a little bit random and maybe we kind of bounced around, but if this has been helpful, would you please share it with someone and? If, the, if this is your first time listening to the show, there is a little subscribe button. And if you would click that, then you will not miss a single episode as it drops onto your phone or however, however you listen. Every Monday morning at 6.15 Mountain AM. At least we try to hit that time. <laughs> we, we, you know, we've done pretty good on that. We've been pretty consistent about it. One last thing. If you're a believer, I would ask for your prayers. If you cannot support financially, which is totally cool and I understand, I would ask for your prayers. Because right now, boy, am I in a battle between the personal stuff and still trying to grow the ministry and still trying to do things right before God. I'm in the thick of it. And I need wisdom and I need strength. And we need you in the trenches with with us. So with that, I think we'll call it here. Guys, this has been the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze. I'm Michael Blaze. And we will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.